0: My good sis, my good, good sis, welcome back to another episode of the My Good Sis podcast, a self-care podcast empowering women to become unapologetically themselves. Thank you for tuning in, thank you, thank you for coming back. I wouldn't dare say this week's episode because it, it has definitely been a while, um, I apologize for my tardiness if that works in this sentence. I mean life's been life in. Things have been going on behind the scenes. I mean, like you try and do it all and you pride yourself on being able to like do it all. But it's really important to just take a step back and I only work with one other black person, so my team are all white and You know we have our zoom drinks and we've had a few um bar trips which is a you know which has been at a distance apparently and um when you share your stories and stuff they're always so incredibly overwhelmed and i don't want to make everything about race and i'm really tired about talking about race but in speaking to non-black people this isn't just exclusive to white people they're all like "Oh, oh wow and it's just like yeah bitch yeah like I carry a heavy load and I think it's from slavery it's in our blood it's in our DNA we are just wired to carry a heavy load um we are tough and we have bounce back and we have resilience. And I know that it's a sweeping statement because not all black people are, but in the majority, have a look around you and it's either it's you or it's your mum or it's your aunt or it's your gran or it's your sister or it's your child or it's your cousin or it's your best friend is the strong black woman. And that is a exhausting title to have to live up to. And I think in COVID especially... I've been forced to take a step back and be like, but look at all I do. And one non black person will be like, Oh, oh, my uh, ex husband isn't paying uh his share of the child support. Yes, it's meant to be two thousand, but this month he only gave me one thousand. Or oh I oh I, I have to take a whole month off of work because um I've got bed bugs and things like this. Whereas we are over here we are studying, we are raising children, we are starting businesses, we are keeping house, we are keeping healthy, we are keeping fit, we have to cook clean, we've got to pay bills, we've got to go to work, we've got to take care of our elders, and it's just non-stop, and that's not to say that is exclusive to black women, but the way that we just get on with it, it's a gift and a curse, and especially during COVID, as I said, because I've realised I've not spoken anything about COVID because I was trying to avoid talking about COVID because every podcast or every news feed is about COVID. But being black in 2020 and dealing with COVID is just... Those two things alone are enough to make you just say, do you know what, let me pause. That's outside of all that you do if you're a mother, if you're a wife, if you're a girlfriend, if you're an employee, if you're all of those things. Outside of life itself, these two heavy loads. I couldn't think of the word there, but they're heavy loads. And I want to hold some space for it. And I've been holding space for it. Um, And it's been a journey. It's been a roller coaster. I've been aware of my mental health. Like, it's fragile. What am I doing to make sure that I don't just drink a bottle of gin a week because that's easy to like medicate what am I doing you know I'm not out as much you know um, I can't go on my holiday so what is it that I'm doing so I've actually started to go to the gym and um, I don't really want to get too excited about it because it's only been what three weeks um, and I'm likely to in about two weeks time to be like yeah right I'm done with that so I'm going to try and keep it up but I feel fantastic I go to the gym every morning um, with, uh, well, I say every. I don't go f- Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and I feel fantastic. I feel fantastic. Um, I was a bit apprehensive because of COVID, you know. But it is what it is. Um, you now have to wear a mask if you're walking around. And if you're not in the classes or if you're not using equipment. I, am, I do a class... Um, a class is half an hour and then I'll do my own little workout um, for half an hour after the class and I literally am bouncing out of there if I was a bit groggy or a bit tired I had a bit of brain fog I was feeling a bit miserable it's raining etc I literally bounce out of the gym like all right now I can take on this fuckery that is about to happen at work and it's all bound to be fuckery yes It's, you know, it's work, but there's always, you know, some big pull on your time that it isn't in the diary. And you're like, sorry, can you not see I'm busy? But you have to respond. So gym has been really good for my uh, mental health. And I know that it's not for everybody. Um, And I will wait and see how long I keep it up for. And they say that it takes three months to make a habit. So I'm three weeks in. So we'll see. I will keep you posted. Um, But, I mean, I'm tired of talking about race. I'm tired of talking about race at work. I'm tired about having to, like, defend my blackness, explain my blackness. I'm tired of these companies really trying to, like, pull it apart. But in, in their defence, it's to kind of show like they are you know um I guess they are on board with the movement and but it, it's really tiring. Oh oh have a look at Sainsbury's um and their red golden green oh have a look at Morrison's oh and then Pure Gyms come up with their statement after that fuckery. Um and then I mean come on we all have to clap for the four post boxes out of the hundred and fifteen thousand royal Mail post boxes we have four black ones well, yep clap for yourself my sister clap for yourself you've got one post box in brixton there's i think and i think the others are in what bristol and liverpool and i can't remember the other one is cardiff or something who cares it's four out of one hundred and fifteen thousand, and it's just like I don't want to be trending, I don't want, and it might sound a bit ignorant because it's like we have to keep up the fight, we have to keep up the fight, but I was fighting anyway, I was the voice anyway, this isn't new to me, so now you know like people are being paid to, to speak up about it, but it, it, it just feels like a lot of noise, I'm yet to see the change, if you are looking for a job Just retrain as a specialist to speak about inclusion and diversity, yeah? Because that's the only job out there at the moment, all right? To talk about being Black and how to make uh, people who are not Black feel like they are being inclusive. That job is everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. And it's funny because I've got a big part of that in my job. So it's just like, oh my God. Good, like today I had a meeting about how to make our, our processes um more inclusive in terms of recruitment and it's all lies on me. Okay, so what do you think? Okay, what do you think? What do you think? Oh yeah, what do you think? Oh yeah, what do you think? Now it's not that bad because I'm actually paid to give those answers, right? But I'm I'm also the one who's asks, Okay, so what do you think about this piece of research? I'm not a researcher, yeah. I'm sorry to that man. I cannot help you. It's really tiring. It's really tiring. And I want to feel strong to keep up the fight. But I also want to migrate and go to a place where if you're white, you're other. I don't want to be other in this country anymore. It's tiring. And it's not to say that there's not great resources and great education. And like, I'm not one of these people who hate the UK. That's not it. It's just like, where's my tribe? I mean, it's definitely not here and it's definitely not in America. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking going back to the Caribbean or even to Africa. Like, maybe I should go to Ghana or something. I love how I said Africa there. Like, it was like this whimsical, mythical land. Africa. <laughs> no, I really do want to go to Ghana um, and see what it's saying and, you know, and see if I can lay some foundations because it's, it's tiring. Um, You know, I think I've said this before, that life is uh, long. You know, as long as we live out our years as God has intended, like, in terms of age, right? Life is long. Obviously, if there's an illness or an accident or a, like, tragedy. And it's short in the sense that it could just end tomorrow, right? Um, But if we are blessed to live into those ripe old ages life is long and last week i was reminded of it when i think it was jada she put up a birthday post to will and she he was 52 and i thought hold on if god spares life i've got another 20 years before i'm reaching those ages do you know what what I could achieve in 20 years? Do I want to be in South West London having to explain or prove my blackness? You know, have I got to read the tweets and all of the stupid comments about, oh, well, if this is what Sainsbury's is doing, then I can't shop here anymore. Oh, well, you've just lost a customer, Sainsbury's. Like, are you joking? Like, is this the world I'm living in? Is this the country I'm in? Because a supermarket is trying to be a part of the movement and on board, there's a vast amount of people who are testy about it and upset about it and are going to throw their toys out of the prime. Oh, well, I'm never going to use these nectar points again. Like, wow. Do, like, do you have any idea how that feels? That's what I was going to say. And about 90% of my listeners are black so you do know how it feels to have to justify your blackness, explain it. It's boring. It's boring. I mean, you know, I'm not a shrinking violet. I'm not gonna take no chat. I'm not gonna take no abuse. I'm not gonna keep my head down and 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 be a victim. But it's tiring. Like and up until this point, you know, I've had all of these other loads, right? and now I've got this load, which was there the whole time, right, but, you know, and if I went into an interview, or if I went out in, like, a certain part of town, it was there the whole time, you know, but now it's just every day, I don't even, I don't even want to switch on my TV anymore, so I feel you, take time out for yourself, hold space for it, and I want you to see it as a as another thing I don't want it to just be swept under the carpet like oh there's these killings oh yeah there's another march oh there's this or there's these comments or there's this thing you know it's every day it's just we are so stimulated and it's not in a good way it's just non-stop and it will eventually wear you down so hold space for it and just keep up the good fight that's what I'm trying to do, I'm like speaking to myself here, keep up the good fight, I've been praying more, as I said about like the gym, and just to hold that meds, because I've got to deal with that, and then I've got to deal with, as I said, all of these other loads as well, (sighs) so yeah, exhaustion, and COVID, and all of this stupidness, I mean, I was hoping for like a half normal Christmas, a half decent birthday, which is coming up, and it's, boy, I don't know, it's just, you know, like, I don't want to sound like I'm not grateful for life. I'm very grateful for life. Um, it's just that with all the rules and the restrictions, and it's like half the time these people don't even know what they're talking about. Oh, six, but schools are okay and trains are okay and work's okay. If you can do it from home, you can. If not, then, you know, it's all about money. I'm not going to preach to the choir. You You've heard this a hundred times in your own friendship groups where you've had these kind of debates but it's all about the economy and it's just a bunch of fools running the country without any idea like if you have a look at the Caribbean if you have a look at Africa or if you have a look at their their like numbers um it's under control have a look at Dubai zero Covid you know why is that <laughs> do you know what I mean because money ain't a thing right so it's just it's just um nonsense, you know, I'm in a bit of a hamster wheel, so yes, anyway, to keep on the cheery um, path of conversation, I didn't do anything that's going on in the media, in terms of like, um, you know, like Rihanna, and Tory lanes and Meg the Stallion, and, and all of that stuff, Again, that's like another example of how much can you actually take on, you know? Um, how much can you actually take on? And this week I have zero capacity for what's going on outside of my actual life. So I'm happy for them and their are millions, uh, but I cannot comment on what's going on with them at the moment. Although I will just say that... Tory Lanez is cancelled. His move was distasteful and it's a no from me. Anyway, so this week's cheery, candid conversation, super cheery, is about daddy issues, girl. Daddy issues. If you don't have them, then just, just click off. Not everybody has them. I I met somebody who was 100% fine and sure and confident that she didn't have them. And that's OK. I'm not here to make you wrong or make you feel as if you have to have them. Because if you don't, you're winning. Um, and why she was in question is because she um, was a sex worker and the thought process is if you are a sex worker then it's linked to some kind of trauma or some kind of you know you are a bit promiscuous or something like that um and that's linked with having um, a void in your childhood that you're trying to fill but she was like no I've was raised with in a two-parent household and I went to school and college and Uni, and this is my choice. I just, you know, and that's okay. So it's not good to make that assumption into that label, everybody. But three types of men that you could have or not have in your life, um, which could have led to having daddy issues. So the first. Type is the one that was there, but he left at a certain um, stage in the life. Then you've got the one, and he was never there. He just said no thanks. And then the third one is the one that was there, but he might as well have not been there. You know, he might have broken your trust. He might have let you down. He might have been in in the house or around on the weekends but kind of half in half out and that in itself can actually create some daddy issues and I want to talk about how they show up how do these issues show up for you and if you have pain how it shows up now I'm just going to speak as if you have pain and 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 who I'm talking to Fits into that category, um, and has experience of either being left, or hasn't, uh, got any idea of who her dad is, um, or his dad. Well, actually, no, I'm no, I'm speaking about us women, yeah. So her dad, um, and if he was around, but he wasn't a very good example. So I'm just going to speak as if. I'm speaking to you who fit into that category. I'm not going to speak as if, you know, it might be you or it might not be you. Because in speaking in that way, it could be quite confusing. So how has the pain shown up for you? So as you know, as you've heard, having a father, having a daddy, um, it teaches you how to love a man um, without any sex. To build that relationship without any intimacy. Um, and it's that relationship that helps you to kind of know right from wrong in choosing your relationships. It helps you to have a good self-esteem. It, it's, it's that man who's around that you know that he may not approve of something, it could be a piercing, it could be a tattoo, it could be a partner, it could be a life choice in terms of, um, you know, your school in your work, what car you buy, or whatever. It's like when we say that we want um, a man who fears something, and having a man that fears God, or has faith, means that he will be held accountable. So, in the same type of way, having a daddy to know that if you come in late, if you drink too much, that you might have to explain yourself. You know, he'll be a bit disappointed. If you bring one roughneck boy home, he will he will let you know, Mm-mm, that can't run. There's lots of things that having a healthy male in your life from a child, it will teach you, right? So it's that first ever relationship that you have with a man, non-sexual relationship. So if you don't have it, what do you do? If you don't have that relationship, if you haven't been taught those lessons, what do you do? And you go searching. And there's two things that you can do. You can really try to overcompensate. In every area, you can seek love, you can be promiscuous, you can buy love, um, or on the flip side, you can shut down completely and be petrified of having any male energy around you in that intimate way. Not, you know, to keep them all in the friend zone and to just be like, oh, I'm not sexy Um, I've got quite a lowered self-esteem you know and I and I don't think lots of people know that I think most people think that if you don't have a dad you are likely to be a bit promiscuous and be self self self-destructive but you can actually shut down completely Um, and just be like I'm not going to let anyone in because you've got this list of uns Right. So there's a list of uns and OK, so it's quite a long list. So I'm just going to quickly go through. If you haven't had a, a, a dad growing up and I'm just going to say a dad as in somebody who is a male who you have had around for a long time, like from quite young, who you had a healthy, balanced non-sexual relationship with and he was there as, as that male energy for you, as that role model. Um, and you felt safe in him and he was consistent, right? So that's who I mean if I say daddy or if I say dad, yeah? So if you didn't have a dad, the likelihood is that absence... If it was from one, two or three, which as I said earlier, one was the dad who was there but he left. Two was the dad who he never claimed you um, and you had zero relationship with. And three was the dad that Was present in the house or on the weekends, but he had broken your trust and he was like disappointing in in some way. And it felt as if he might as well not have even been there. Right. So if you had any of those experiences, the likelihood is you would have feelings of uns and the uns are to feel unwanted unloved, unacceptable, unimportant, unattractive, unworthy, unlovable. And, you know, there are obviously lots of other feelings, but I think it's quite important to just try to have it grouped together as much as we can for the sake of time. So it's the list of uns. And in having those feelings, it will then translate into certain behaviours. And those are the behaviours that we have to be aware of if we have these daddy issues. So, first of all, we are now adults and it's up to us to take care of, heal and love that child who had dreams and visions of having a daddy who bought her a pony and, you know, came to every parent's evening and every um, play and assembly um, and who was there to help, you know, with her first car purchase. We, We have to heal that girl because we are women now. And... That man, he is no longer your all-things-possible daddy. He's an old man or an older man. He's just a man. He's a man with his own regrets, his own mistakes, his own issues, his own traumas, his own burdens. And the likelihood is, eight times out of ten, he didn't have anybody to teach him how to be a dad. He had issues that he brought into your life or not if he wasn't around. And it's really important to find the courage and the time to heal that little girl so you can move on as a big woman now. So it doesn't repeat itself, so you can truly break the cycle, so it doesn't manifest in your choices and in your children and we tend to overcompensate and sacrifice ourselves and it does actually come back to haunt us and it will show up in our children if we like it or not there's no way that you can sacrifice yourself and Expect it to not have a lasting impression on the lives of your children. So do the work. (laughs) Do the work. And I feel like the first step is acknowledging if any of those uns are yours. If you're carrying around any feelings of un, you know, of not good enough. And where does it come from? And who have you got to forgive? And what work have you got to do? And more importantly, if you do have those uns, how are they showing up in your life? Where are you overcompensating? Are you being promiscuous? Are you in search for love in like a really in in a way that is sacrificing yourself? Are you somebody who is happy to say, oh, here's, you know, here's money. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to, you know, yeah, it's fine. I'll take him to to um, dinner. No, it's fine. I'll buy him this thing. Oh, it's fine. I'll pay his rent. Oh, it's fine. That is also, that's how it shows up. Have a serious conversation with yourself. And... This isn't just if you're single. If you're single, it's important. If you're in a a relationship, it's important. If you are single but you have children, it's important. It's important for all foundations of our lives. And I wish men knew that before they just had children and they abandoned them or they were shit dads. Because the amount of undoing, that you have to do as an adult, the amount of responsibility that you have to take to be a whole, complete, rounded person. It goes back to what I was saying at the start. It's tiring. It's yet another load. It's yet another load to now have to start therapy, now have to do the work, now have to start journaling, now have to start to find that space in your heart to forgive when they haven't asked for forgiveness. It's difficult. So, how is... showing up in your life how is that pain showing up in your life and this is where I wish this wasn't just a podcast and it was more like a it was like a conversation because we could talk about it um but most of us fill the void with toxic behaviors and we self-destruct and I'm a big fan of taking responsibility. So if a relationship breaks down, if um, there's a lot of pain in a relationship or if it hasn't even got to that relationship stage, but it's just a bit dysfunctional. Yeah, of course. Of course, it's his fault. (laughs) Most of the time it's his fault. But let me look at my own behaviours. You know, what did I do? What are my toxic traits? Um, Is there anything here that is associated with my daddy issues? What do I have to do so I don't repeat history? What have I got to do so I don't, you know, have a super high expectation um, of these men? You know, am I looking for a, a, a carer? Am I looking for somebody who's going to nurture me and or am I looking for somebody who's an adult who's going to meet me halfway, that is going to be an equal 50/fifty relationship, Or am I looking for somebody who is going to um treat me like their child? And if you are single, um, it would be good to really ask yourself, what are you looking for in a partner? Is it realistic in the realms of what a healthy partner should be uh, doing? Or is there something in there that's a bit father-like? I mean, I don't know. It's a bit of a techie one because you do want your like partner to, to have, you know, th- those qualities that when he you know, um, you have children for him that he, he, he can be that provider, he can be that protector. You know, he is that person. But in terms of that energy in your own life, are you looking for a partner? Are you looking for an equal? Are you looking for a father replacement? The three types of men who cause these issues leave really different feelings. So the first one, who was there and left, it leaves this feeling of yearning. Like, you want him around. Um, And you yearn and you yearn and you look for love in all the wrong places and it's uh, a void in a hole that you don't quite know how to fill because he he's gone. He's, you know, he's, he's gone and he's not dead. So you often have a like mental funeral for him because it's easier to just acknowledge that he's gone by, by somehow faking his death, you know? So with that feeling of yearning, that will show up in your life as like trying to really replace it trying to fill your life with lots of material things um with trying to fill your life with 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 sex lots of sex drink drugs debt because you're trying to fill that void and in the most basic simplest way the first way to start that healing journey and doing the work is by accepting that he's gone. He's gone. And and it's and it's as simple as that. He's gone. And to like say it as many times as you need to say it, um, and you will cry and then you will get over it. But he's gone. He's gone, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. And I'm not going to let this hole, this void, I'm not gonna let it be filled with things. That could hurt me because he's hurt me enough. He's gone. And then eventually forgive him. Find the strength years later. Sis, I'm not expecting you to, you know, say that he's gone and then forgive him in the same sentence. That would be unrealistic. But if you're aware of the yearning of a void that he has left, that you are... Overcompensating, you aren't ever going to feel full, and that void will always be there, regardless of the sex and the money and the things and the drugs and the boyfriends and the experiences. He will, that void will always be there. So the first stage is acceptance, he's gone. And then the other daddy issue or type of daddy is when he was there, but... No, sorry. When uh, you don't know him and you have no relationship with him and you spend a lot of your time fantasising. He, you know, he's not no pop-down man. No, you dream up the best daddy. You know, you make excuses for him. You know, he's out doing God's work. You know, you idolise him you put him on the maddest pedestal that daddy because he isn't there so you don't have anybody to really be angry with so you dream you you like dream up a dream and you fantasize it's never just a crusty dusty man you allow yourself that space to 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 dream and that I mean, it it feels good in the first half of the dream, but where there's not a happy ending like you see in the movies, that then manifests as just more uns, you know? Because then you you start to feel like this man who is so amazing, he, he actually doesn't want you. So that will make you feel worse, so much worse. But it's human nature. It's how the brain works. We will never have a, you know, like not have a man around and be like, oh, it's because, you know, he's just a bum. No. He might be a bum, but he'll be, yeah, he's a bum, but he's really trying and he's really, you know, and he's worked hard. And you will always romanticize. You always make him out to be your your prince charming in your mind. And then the third type is the one that is there and and uh, isn't uh, good enough, and he's not a good role model, and he's not a provider, and he's not consistent, and he's not uh, that protector. And that is the most confusing one, in the sense that it's a combination of the first two. So... You might dream of this man who who's out there um, because it's those feelings of like denial. Well, like this can't be my dad. Um, and again, you've got a void, you've got a yearning because you don't feel seen. You don't feel seen. You're at home with this person and you don't feel seen. Or he comes around on the weekend and you don't feel seen because he's not consistent. And then you've got a void, y- you were yearning. For this man to see you and to accept you and to love you and to um, help you and and to like teach you how to ride a bike and to do all of these things, but he's he's not committed. He's lazy. So again, that will manifest as uns and avoid and you overcompensating. That one is the most likely to make you shut down completely. So I'm not saying that the first two types can't make you completely, you know, like not accept love. But that one is the one that you want to really just keep yourself to yourself and you really want to protect yourself because here's the man in the house who ain't shit. Or here's the man who comes around on the weekend who ain't shit. So you've already had to experience that in-house experience of an ain't shit man. So you don't want to even open your heart up a little bit to an ancient man. Who's got time for that? No thanks. I've seen it here firsthand. I'm not about to repeat the cycle. You're petrified of even taking a risk to have love and to have your own family because you are terrified that it will turn out like that. There's, you know, it's complex. It's complicated. Um, and, you know, having that type of dad as well, it could make you pick wrong because he wasn't a very good role model. And that would be quite hard to unlearn because it's what you've seen your whole life. So what's the problem? All right, I've got like a couple of kids for a couple of men. Like, what's the problem? You know, or... You know, he's half in, half out. What's the problem? You know, so it, it, it it's so complicated. And I'm not here to, like, uh, go through every single um, thing that could happen. But you know how, if it's you, you know how it shows up for you. Which one of them are you and... The, and and the first thing is that acceptance of how it shows up for you. What am I doing? Am I being promiscuous? Am I drinking too much? Am I spending money I don't have? Am I creating debt? Um, am I looking for love in all the wrong places? Am I so scared of being a single mum because I was a child without a dad that I'm just going to stay in this really bad relationship just so I can say that my kid has a dad. But if it's dad number three, then what's the point in that? Um... There's lots of lots of work is going into this time in isolation and lockdown and working from home and whatever and I'm on a real quest of self-awareness why do I behave like this what is it that I'm doing so this is my experience and this is my learning and this is my um story so I'm hoping that it can help somebody to acknowledge her her behavior that is bad <laughs> and that is going to end up with having to do a lot more work if you don't start now um to really try to interrupt the pattern and change the cycle break the cycle and take control of your life like i i i am not my story i am now an adult i'm no longer this little girl without a daddy I'm a big woman and these are my choices and I'm not going to let his trauma and his issues come and make me hurt anymore. You know, so that's that's the question. That's that's the angle that we're trying to take here, that we're trying to take control of our lives. Um, And we have to be willing to give up the story, give up the story, you know, What do you tell yourself about yourself because of your daddy issue? You have to be willing to give up the story and interrupt the pattern completely to start anew. I like to uh, look at it like this, right? So if we do all that work and if we pay attention to our behaviours and our patterns and our pain and our hurts and our voids and our traumas we get the power to define ourselves and then in doing the work we then get to redefine ourselves and it's no longer in that image of not having a daddy or being brought up in a single parent household or um, you know we get to like really reclaim that power. And as I said before, to love on and heal that little girl that is still wanting that connection. So what does it look like at the end of doing the work? You know, it's a whole can of worms, right? Once you open it, it's emotional. You have to do the work. And I know that's like, what's the work, what's the work? But (laughs) as I said, you have to, accept the story you've got to be honest with yourself about your uns you've got to be honest with yourself about which way you've gone have you shut down um are you promiscuous are you overcompensating are you seeking love are you buying love or are you settling are you just taking whatever you can get because of your long list of uns you know so that's where the work begins. It begins with acceptance. Um, and then you can ask yourself is your list of wants in a man is that as a partner, is it as an equal, or is it as it, or is it to fill that replacement, you know, is it to fill that void as a Daddy that wasn't there before are your expectations of a partner high because you want him to be like a man that you didn't have and that you had hopes and dreams of you know i'm only speaking to if you didn't have him around because i i'm aware that if you have had a daddy that that can come with its own issues um in terms of how high, you know, that you set the bar and, um, if that's realistic, uh, but that's not what we're speaking on. We're speaking on not having a daddy and how that can really show up in your life and just to hold space for where it's shown up. And if you have started the work on healing and on forgiveness and it's important for me because I'm single as you know and I have a child I'm a single mother and you know I'm not an intentional single mother um not like that's a good thing or a bad thing you know I that's it's it's just I had hoped that I would have been in a different situation like most single mothers and I um I've just been asking myself who and what am I attracting and from what place am I attracting it? What place am I attracting it? And this is the thing about healing, because you start, right? like, you start with your crystals. Like, I've been this way since 2008 in terms of my spirituality and my interest. That's when it was peaked. And then it's just, it's just got huge since then. Um... It's just grown and grown and it's like you, you don't ever stop healing. You, I feel like you only are healed when you're dead. And as morbid as that sounds, it is still worth doing the work because on each stage of the journey, you feel a bit better and you get that bit closer to, to that being happy and to being a bit more complete and a bit more balanced in your life but just be be reassured right be made aware that healing isn't uh okay I'm going to I'm going to start this now I'm going to face my uns um and then and then I'm going to be okay in 90 days in 3 months you know I did say that it takes that long to start a habit to make and break a habit 90 days apparently it's going to take more like 900 days until you're over one issue, you know. it's And, I mean, that all depends on how deep the issue is, but if it's, like, a big one like this, yeah, it's going to take a long time. But it's worth doing. It's worth doing. And I had to ask myself, what place am I manifesting from, you know? Am I manifesting from a place where I've got my uns, you know? So... Is that showing up in my. In my partners? Is that showing up in my law of attraction? Am I just going to be attracting people like myself who have their own list of uns that aren't being acknowledged? I don't want a man with a whole list of uns. I don't want a man who is that like mirror image of that trauma or that pain. So. This, this, I, it took me a while to be comfortable with this uh, topic, not because it's a secret or it's an issue. I think most women have some kind of daddy issues, nothing to be ashamed of, but it's not easy listening. It's not happy and sprightly. Um, I don't anticipate you to um, be bouncing off the walls, you know, like waiting for the next episode. But I just think it's really important to raise awareness. And that's how I came to it. I came to it because I'm on my journey of self-awareness. And um, as I said, I just want to be as self-aware if I'm going into a relationship. And I want to have all eyes open, on, have all of my senses on. And I just, you know, I want to stand in love. I don't want to fall in love, as they say. Um, So... That's it, my loves. Thank you for not clicking off. Thank you for staying with me. And we'll be back soon. (laughs) Take care.